you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Elliott. Today, we have a special guest, one of my brothers, coming from Austin, Texas. This guy is awesome. He's been in the game for a little over six and a half years now, coming from North Virginia originally. And just his story of you know where he came from to where he's at now in Austin, Texas, just literally... The entrepreneurism in this guy is tremendous at starting so many businesses. I was shocked once he started dropping all these bombs of like, dude, you're in this, this, this. So I'm going to let him, you know, drop all the knowledge on the different platforms that he's investing in. But this guy is an amazing rock star wholesaler for real estate investing. And yeah, doing about 250 to 350 every month, which is crazy. And that's thousands, like 250 to 350,000 per month, uh, has an awesome team in place, nine employees. And yeah, just literally went from the corporate lifestyle of working and shot up the ladder very quickly, like most rock star real estate investors, entrepreneurs in general. But this guy, you know, from where he came from, similar backgrounds a little bit when it comes down to grow up a screw up in certain, you know, just wrong choices to where he's at today is very amazing. And super excited to have Nick on here. Nick, what's going on, brother? You're just trying to turn that 250, 350 to 250, 350 mil. I love it. Let's go. We're we're in kindergarten right now. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it, man. So, the podcast in general, it's all geared towards like educating people, motivating them, and preparing them to take action. And the motivation that you always bring to the table is tremendous. So, for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, do you mind just diving in a little bit of who you are and, you know, what you come from to what you're doing today. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, I think you great intro there. Grew up in Northern Virginia. Grew up a screw up. I get myself in a lot of trouble growing up as a adolescent, young adult, but always had that entrepreneurial spirit, even in like high school. Like, yeah, as soon as I get my worker's permit, my butt was at work every day after work. And my high school career ended junior year when I got promoted to the manager of a cell phone store. They didn't know that I wasn't 18 yet, but they promoted me to the manager. And at $18 an hour, I said, you know what? That's the end of my high school career. I'm not going back to school anymore. So <laughs> left high school as a junior to go be the manager of a cell phone store and uh, was able to complete my high school education online. They still let me walk the stage. Right. So was doing that, you know, basically growing up, you know, had a lot of different jobs. My first career, I was a personal trainer. So you know, after finished kind of the cell phone thing, I went to personal training school, got you know certified there, did a ton of personal training. Yeah, spent five years as a full-time personal trainer and then kind of capped out. Like, I mean, working 60, 80 hours a week, you know, basically you're going to be making 60, $70,000 max, which is where I was. Sure. So one of my clients, he owned a chain of frozen yogurt stores 
you know, where you go get the cup and put it on the scale. And he said, Hey man, I need somebody to go open these stores for me and also help me sell more franchises. So I said, you know what, let's do it. So I went over jump ship with him, traveled around the country for a couple of years, opening up frozen yogurt franchises. Like if you were going to open one up, I'd say, Hey Brandon, make sure you order your yogurt machines this week. So they come in on time. And then when you're going to open your store, I'd go help you get your employees trained, get your store open. And then I was on to the next one. So had a lot of fun doing that. Got to see a lot of parts of the country. But, you know, as you all know, like that frozen yogurt trend, you have cooled off. No, no pun intended. Right. Yeah. So 2014 was when that venture really started trailing off. So I had to make a decision. Am I going to stay in Northern Virginia, get another job here? Or am I going to go out and actually like, you do something with my life. I was sick of living in Northern Virginia. I grew up there. I got arrested there too many times. Yeah. And, you know, I was just over it. The whole traffic, cold, everything. So I said, screw it. I put everything in the back of my, you know, hoopty Mazda 3 and drove down to Austin, Texas with no plan, no reason. I had just spent a week in Austin through traveling the country and, and fell in love with it. So uh, when it. I got to Austin... You know, had no idea what I wanted to do and jumped in and started learning about, you know, real estate and wholesaling on YouTube and, you know, kind of the rest is history. It's so funny. You and I are too similar because the, the more like I talk with you, I'm like, you know, how I planned San Diego. I went to visit a friend for one weekend and then two months later I was out here. And exactly. it wasn't even like my best friend out here. We didn't even really hang out after I was, I moved out here, but it's just funny, you know, once just a new season in life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you were doing uh, the frozen yogurt and setting up, you know, new ones. But were you doing uh, another corporate job as well? Or was that? that When I moved to Austin, like I had no plan. I was sleeping on air mattress in a one bedroom apartment with no furniture and like bags of clothes and a laptop. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I had to like figure out my life. And yeah, I was running out of money. I had seven grand when I came down here. I was like my life savings. And you know how fast seven grand goes in the real world, yeah. right? So, yeah. you know, the whip was burning fast and I had to figure out something. I knew I didn't want to go work for anybody again. I wanted to start my own business. After researching a ton of different businesses, I knew wholesaling was what I wanted to do, but I needed income to be able to do it and not like get evicted from my apartment yeah. <laughs> yeah. out of the back yeah. of my car. Yeah. So The, the uh, old ways that we knew, you know, wants to make a living, you know, let, let's try to... Right take that right. knowledge and put it to something good, right? Right. So I was fortunate, you know, I was down here, you know, dating around and this one girl that I was dating got me the inside track to get an interview at Indeed, which is headquartered okay. here in Austin. Okay. And uh, got a job there doing sales. You know, they took a flyer on me. You need to have a college degree there. I don't have a college degree, nothing, but got, they took a flyer on me. So I started that position and hit the ground running. Did really, really well there right out of the gate. You know, President's Club, Top Gun, all those awards. So, you know, in a very short amount of time, went to making zero to like $225,000 a year. And again, my whole goal, though, my whole motivation, I think a lot of the reason that I did real well was because it was the pure drive of not wanting to work a corporate job. So I knew the faster I can absolutely dominate in here, the faster I can get out. I love that. So with the job, that can be life-changing for most people in general, you know, like going from pretty much broke to and not knowing 
what you're going to do next, your, your savings is, is starting to diminish very quickly to getting some new corporate job and, and scaling up the ladder very quick, 200 plus thousand per year. I'm sure that felt pretty good, but you still didn't want to work for somebody else. You wanted something bigger and better, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, 225 really isn't anything in the grand scheme of things. I always knew like I need to get rich. That was my whole thing. And 225, not rich. Yeah. 225 a year is nothing in comparison to where your mindset's at, right? You always had something bigger, which is great. Correct. So I was never going to settle, you know, for some golden handcuffs and working for the man. No, that wasn't. I love that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't in the cards. Okay. So tell me why real estate, like what, like anybody in your family or somebody around you that kind of sparked the interest of real estate or as you started making some money with this corporate job, how long did you keep that job by the way? Well, longer than I should have. And I'll tell you why in a second, but yeah, yeah, it was two and a half years. I should have quit at like right around the, you know, 18 month mark, but I ended up getting common law, which I didn't even know that was a thing until I moved to Texas. So I lost all my, uh, basically in Texas, if you date a girl and live with her, they can, and they get mail at your residence, they can claim that you're married. So I went to go break up with this girl. We were living in badass high rise, downtown Austin, and went to go break up with her. Long story short, she didn't want to leave. So I just said, well, just, just, you know, get your things and move out by next Friday, whatever. I went to go stay with a buddy. And I thought, hey, we're going to be good. She's going to be out by next Friday. I'll get my apartment back. You know, and life goes back to normal. I'm walking down the street a couple of days later, and a court, uh, some guy comes up to me and hits me with papers on the chest. And he said, you've been served. I opened up the papers, and I got divorce papers in my hand from a girl that I've been dating, dating. for, yeah, for like a year. Wow. Um, so I'm like, oh, this is you know, BS, whatever. I ended up having to go to court. I had to hire family law attorney, the whole nine. And long story short, I ended up losing my high rise, lost two vehicles, lost all my furniture, lost all my physical possessions and half the, more than half the money in my bank account when it came down to, you know, paying the attorneys and. Oh my um, God. So. Common law. That's what it's called. It's called common law, and it's it's. Stay no away joke. from that, listeners. Stay away. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm a Virginia guy, so I never yeah. heard of it before I came down here. So, yeah, I got hit with that, and I had to start again from basically, you know, nothing. I still have my job, and I had my real estate going at the time. Yeah. So, you know, I got another place. I bought new stuff. Yeah. I kept rocking at my job. Kept sure. doing my wholesale, and I built yeah. back up. But it, it set me back like eight months. Yeah, of so, course. Yeah. Like anybody. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, so, so why, why real estate for you? Real estate was just, you know, a vehicle, you know, it's a high ticket that you can make decent spreads on. Right. Yeah. So, you know, when I was doing yogurt, I was like, my CEO, he said something really interesting to me. He's like, dude, you got to sell a lot of $5 cups to make a million dollars in this business. Right. Well, <laughs> real estate true. is different. Real estate is different. You're dealing with a high ticket item. So you only have to do a certain amount of transactions. So that's what was attractive to me was just the the ticket price. That's why now I'm looking, you know, in the future, how can we go further? We got to go commercial. We got to go, you know, larger asset classes. So it's just a high ticket item that I can make a spread on. So let's give the listeners a little taste of like 
all the different avenues that you're in because I just got dropped a bunch of knowledge before we actually went live here with all the different platforms. Like it's not just wholesaling. You're not just doing 250 to 350,000 per month with just wholesaling. You got several different avenues that you're crushing it in. So for the listeners, what else are you doing? Yes, yeah, so I own a over-the-road trucking company. So I have semi-trucks that travel all over the country. I've got trucks that are out right now. You know, I don't even know where they're going, but yeah. the, the trucks the trucks are a good investment. That's not um, your worry, right? You hire that stuff out, make sure everything's... You hire it out. Yeah, I have a you know full-time dispatcher that dispatches the trucks, deals with the brokers and the loads, and they communicate that to the driver, and the driver goes and picks them up and yeah. takes them around for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, we'll bring the truck back home to get serviced and rest the driver. And then after a couple of days, they're back out for a couple more weeks doing the same thing. So the trucks are great. It's, you know, $60,000 investment, pretty much all in after yeah. everything nets between, you know, four to $7,000 a month just depends on how the rates are going. So yeah, the semi trucks are great. I'm going to continue to build out the fleet there. Also have, you know, Amazon automation going, got large Forex accounts and things like that. I love it, man. I mean, you're all over the place, but successfully doing it. So like most people, I always recommend, you know, focus on one thing till successful. And that's obviously what you've done. You probably weren't going a little bit in every box at first, but. No, you know, I'm laser focused. I'm locked. Yeah. I'm still all in on my real estate. I love it. You know what I mean? I'm all in on everything though. Yeah, yeah. So, I see that. But I didn't diversify from doing uh, real estate until like just recently within like the last six months. But yeah. it was just like I had too much cash building up. I just needed somewhere to, I needed something to do with it. Yeah. And you're a big advocate on credit as well. I know you're in the credit course right now, but you've also done a ridiculous extensive amount of credit research on your own and investing in yourself to learn the ins and outs you've utilized other platforms in the past to be able to build up a ton of capital for credit to be able to utilize in your businesses, correct? Yeah. I mean, credit is that one thing they're not going to talk to you in any of the guru seminars yeah. or anything, but you want to talk, how do fortune 500 companies build up? They leverage credit, right? That's right. So, 100%. so when I started seeing explosive growth was, you know, after I understood my KPIs, I'd been doing the business forever, but I needed to put it on steroids. So yeah. the, the credit allows you to lever down so you can, you can blow your business up. So that's exactly what I've done and I continue to do. Love it. So let's talk about the wholesaling in general, right? Let's focus on just that. What, so you've been doing it for what, six and a half years now at this point? Yeah. Okay. So you got nine employees. What does the day-to-day -day look like? You know, and how hands-on do you have to be? Like, what is your role within the, in the company? I'm basically the cheerleader at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Make I sure think most of my right. guys are in a meeting right now, okay. but I'll just show you my, my office setup. So I'll take you all out here. I'm going to show me kind of person. So I'll just show you rather than tell you. Right? So this is my acquisitions for it. Like I said, a lot of these guys are in acquisition training right now. Some of them are okay. out here. This is my junior acquisitions department. These are my uh, senior acquisitions okay. over here, right? And, you know, this is my office setup. So we've got, you know, try to keep it fun. We got the ping pong table and yeah. flat screen TVs, all that stuff. And then over here, this is my dispositions department. 
these guys are selling deals all day, every day. Love it. Talking to investors all over the country. You know, we're nationwide, so you can see I got the nationwide. We can put pins in everywhere we've done deals. So Love it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just, you know, basically two inside sales departments that are, you know, one B to C and one's B to B. Okay, let's talk about lead generation right now. What different avenues are you guys utilizing the most? Are you doing like pay-per-click? Are you doing obviously cold calling as well? Or No, right now we're all digital. All digital, okay. Yeah, so Facebook, Bing, yep. Google, yep. And what does the average cost per lead typically look like? For us, it's like $60. Okay. Yeah, mm. which is nothing in comparison to what you can make from it, right? Yeah, I mean, our average cost per deal is like 30, between 2600 to $3,100. Okay, I love it. Yeah. So once the leads start coming in from doing, you know, digital, uh, just ads and, and so forth, getting getting people to click on it, then you bring them into a funnel, you get a bunch of leads coming in, you get some of your guys to start reaching out and and asking the qualifying questions. Then do you have people running out to the actual location themselves or all no. closers over the phone? No, it's all, all closed over the phone. So <clears throat> get it locked up over the phone. We'll get photos later. Or if you know, the seller sends them before, great, but we're not going to put friction in the sale. Yeah. So we get you know, the sign, DocuSign, get photos from either the seller or we'll send you know one of the send somebody else out there if we have to but typically the sellers are pretty good about getting photos to you we just tell them it's a requirement okay. and they do it yeah. yeah and then pass them over to our dispositions department and uh, dispo blast it out a bunch of different ways and get people out there and once they get out there you know the offers will start coming in and we negotiate and send it to escrow and close the transaction I love it. I think it's so funny. There's a lot of people that might just be starting to, you know, get started with wholesaling or they claim to be doing it for a while, but then once the pandemic hit and so forth, you know, possibly a lot of people have got affected, you know, in wholesaling as well. But overall, a lot of people rely on their business to actually go out to meet with the homeowner and do the closing there instead of closing over the phone. And I always think it's like, it really separates the difference between a real business or not. If like, you know, where your expertise is, if you can actually close over the phone and get a deal locked in, right? Yeah. I mean, we stopped doing that a while ago, uh, years ago. Um, And a lot of it was necessity for me because even years ago when I was just doing Austin, Austin is, it's kind of like San Diego. Like the cost per deal is outrageous. Sure not really a great wholesale market. You're going to spend, you know, 10 grand to get a deal here yep. and your assignment fees might be 11. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I've had to, you know, get outside of uh, Austin because the numbers didn't work. So, you know, because of that, I was going to Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, and I started doing most of my stuff over the phone because I had to. I yeah. would drive out there and it was kind of a hybrid thing. And then after a while, I just started doing it all over the phone. And I was like, well, why am I geographically limiting myself? And then we started doing other states. And now we've closed, I think, 41 of the 48 lower states. We've no kidding. Wow. So are you just super broad when you're in your locations? Or do you have certain markets that you guys love? And well, I got certain markets that I love, but we do. We blanket the U.S. 
Okay. But do I have certain places that I, we like better than others? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, the only way to really systemize and to be able to scale is closing over the phone because the time and energy and the waste that it could potentially bring by not connecting in person or whatever it could be, you know, you got to close over the phone, I personally think. I agree. I yeah. yeah, none of my guys have ever been to Yes. I love it. I love it. Cool. So most of your employees, are, are they, you know, they've been with you for the long run or a lot of these guys are coming in and out? How does that hire on process look like? Yeah. I mean, my COO, he's been with me for four, four and a half years. He was my intern in the corporate world. And then yeah. he got hired on in Indeed. He's a stud. And yeah. so he got hired through the internship, like two out of the 40 people that you know interned there. He got it, ended up doing well at Indeed, but same similar mindset didn't want to get stuck in there so he came on he's been with me you know for four plus years and then a lot of my acquisitions are you know one plus year same with my dispositions but you know some of these guys are you know here within the last like three months or so it's just you know sales is sales right so yeah not everybody's you know cut out for it but yeah we try to we're not like a high turnover kind of place we want to make sure that we keep our people happy make sure that they're paid you know if they're not doing well then then we usually cut them pretty quick okay gotcha yeah i love that so when it comes down to financing these deals you guys aren't actually hanging on to any of these yourself you're simply just locking it in in contract and then assigning it yeah i mean that's the easy answer but we do take down a lot of deals right like I've got a deal I'm closing tomorrow in Rogers, Arkansas. That's, you know, I'll close on it tomorrow and then it'll, I've already got the buyer lined up to close on the 14th. Right. Yeah. So we'll wholetail, but we're yeah. not rehabbing a lot of property now. We're not that was my these. next question. Yeah. Like, are you guys wholetailing these and are you doing any type of light remodels or anything? Sometimes. Or try to yeah. I light, away? light remodels. I mean, okay. I used to do a lot of fix and flips, but we're just not doing that anymore. Yeah, talk about Especially, a full-time job, right? <laughs> exactly. The amount of bandwidth and uh, capital outlay and risk you take on it is just too much. It doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, yeah. financially. So that, That's like one of those things that it breaks my heart when somebody first wants to get started into real estate investing. I almost like I didn't start off with wholesaling, but I think it's a great avenue because some people naturally think like, okay, well, I want to do a fix and flip but they're working like a full-time job. They have several kids at like newborns at the house and they're commuting like a couple hours. I'm like, dude, how are you ever going to be able to do a fix and flip? Because problems come up and you got to be quick. You know, there's so many different things that you got to put out fires on a regular basis. But, but I love what you guys are doing with wholesaling right now. And the wholesaling, obviously you can make a heck of a lot more. Well, right now as it's being recorded, you know, the days on market are, ridiculous they're dropping through the roof because really nobody's listening i think listings nationwide are down like 16 to 21 percent don't quote me but listings are way down i've seen it yeah so days on market are way down too so yeah, things are flying. flying off the shelves yeah i love it so that obviously has helped out business a, a ton more i assume right as has actually locking in these contracts been a little bit more difficult well when we had the shutdowns going on, which I sure. think was March and April, yep. we saw a big slowdown. So we'll get between 12 and 15 contracts a week. Okay. And then during the shutdowns, we were getting like seven a week. Now we're oh. back up to like last week we did like 13, you know. Okay. So we're back in that pre-shutdown yeah, uh, yeah. 
range and we're growing from there. I love it. But yes, uh, when everything, when the title companies were shut down, when everybody yeah. was in complete panic mode, it did definitely halter things. But right now, as of July 1st, things are, are moving in the right direction. Did you guys close up as an office yourself? Uh, for like two weeks and I said, screw that. If you don't have yeah. coronavirus, then get your butt back in the office. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> no, we, yeah, we did. I mean, we tried to be safe and all that but at the same time like you lose a lot of efficiency not being in office i know a lot of people are proponents of not being in office i'm a big proponent of having an office the speed of communication and just the camaraderie and being able to do the trainings and face-to-face there's a lot to be said about that and the separation from like work and actually going into the office to you know i guess in comparison to home right yeah. Well, I saw it because when we did send everybody home, there was kind of like a test where I wanted to see like, hey, is this a viable solution? Maybe long term where we don't have to have an office. And after the two or three weeks that we we're out, I determined that that was a no go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The motivation, yeah. a little, a little lack in here. We, we got lost, dogs barking we lost in the, the production. background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. So where do you guys see yourself in the future? Like, how are you trying to scale the real estate business portion uh, out of all so, the entrepreneur stuff that you're doing, all the different businesses with real estate? What are you trying to do? So right now with the wholesale, and we're going to continue to do that because the nice thing is we're so broad. So being in the entire United States, we've got a ton of market share. So we're continuing right now. We're aggressively hiring for more junior acquisitions and then nice. slowly bringing on more senior acquisitions. So yeah, I want to, break the mold of what you know anybody's ever done before and scale this to you know a large inside sales organization so you know i know there are organizations out there like you know property force down in miami i don't know if you've ever heard of them but they've got you know a team of 50 down there doing wholesaling yep yeah they crush it's like i think they do like 50 mil a year right so there's big companies out there that nobody ever hears about yeah we're not on that level yet and then in addition to that is going to be basically taking the exact same principles that we do here and taking that into the commercial realm. So I'm aggressively building out, you know, private money, credit, yep. storehousing a ton of capital right now. So when the time comes for us to start buying commercial, we yeah. can jump in and get these deals and come out the other side of all this you know, craziness in a great position where, you know, we can all have really nice lives and set our families up for, you know, generations. I love it. So who'd you get the inspiration from? Like to build all these systems in place, were you just geeking out on the computer and learning all this stuff or did you get education or, or mentorship from somebody successfully doing it? Yeah. I mean, it's been a hard road, man. Like, yeah. You know, just getting punched in the mouth every single day. I still <laughs> yeah. get punched in the mouth every single day. Yeah. Right. And it's business. You're going to have to, you know, fail and learn from your failures and get better. I think Ray Dalio says it's like, you know, here's how success doesn't go like this. Right. It goes, it's a loop. So you fail, you get your teeth kicked in, then you examine why you fail. Yeah. And then you try again and you get a little bit further, but you're probably going to fail again. Right. Yeah. And Always. you're just going to keep doing these loops till you go up. So I've just continued to learn from, you know, my failure and my pain throughout the way, but I've had some extremely good mentors that have been there to kind of coach me through a lot of it. You know, my main first mentor, you know, coming in, Sean Terry, he's the guy that got me, you know, up and running 
he was the one that got me out of my corporate job. So love Sean Terry, big shout out to Sean Terry. You know, there's a lot of other people that you know came before me that I've learned from in the real estate space, Brad Chandler with express home buyers. He's like an uncle for me. You know, I'll call him whenever you know, things are, are getting rough or I need some serious advice. <laughs> so yes, there's a lot of people that have, uh, have poured into me and you're know, giving me guidance to help me to where I'm at now. I love that. I love that. So what do you think would be one of your biggest learning curves? Biggest learning curve in business? Um, well, the credit was a big one. Really? And, and I'll tell you why it was, you know, and if I would have known this, I would have done it way sooner. So my business was kind of just going like this for the first three or four years. Sure. And I wasn't really seeing any big jumps in revenue. Yeah. And I remember I got back from uh, Rafael Vargas seminar like okay. a while years ago. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I had all these funding growth credit cards and I was like, I'm going hard in the paint. I was like, I'm going to load these credit cards up. I'm going to you know, spend a hundred K on marketing. I'm going to liquidate some of these cards. I'm going to just front load a bunch of payroll and we're going to see what happens. Yeah. I'm pretty damn confident. I'm betting on myself. We're going to turn it around. So I, I did it. that. And yeah, I think I loaded up like $125,000, $130,000 in expenses, yeah. uh, getting the office started, doing marketing, payroll, everything, and ended up uh, coming out and paying those cards off like you know, six to eight weeks later. So it. yeah, it was, and then that was a huge jump in revenue for me. So yeah, I was like, well, shit, if I could just keep doing this, then, you know, I could what's what's the limit what if i did a million you know i should have gone bigger i yeah. shouldn't have just done 125 i should have done a million so now you know i got a whole book of these credit cards now so yeah yeah uh, you know i'm just i'm just adding on to them so i'm trying to <laughs> i'm you know learning from you a lot and in, in terms of you know building up my credit lines and making sure my profile stays good and yeah. um, you've been a big inspiration for me in that realm yeah i appreciate it brother that's awesome, man. So basically your biggest learning curve was just not jumping into credit sooner and start learning this information because what it's done so far has been tremendous. Like the, the amount of credit you get that you can just, if you got full confidence in yourself and you know the systems work, you really just need the funds to be able to get the marketing down, right? It's like whoever can pay for more marketing is going to win. Right. I bootstrapped it for so long yeah. and ran it all, you know, out of cash into my checking account. Which most yeah, it's a brutal yeah. it's brutal route to go down when you're you know, you're spending all your money yeah. and hoping it's gonna come back. Yeah. Right. And I did that for four years and I think that was good for me. I, of course. I should have gone through that. And I don't have any regrets yeah. about it. That was the right thing to do. And I think anybody's coming into this business, don't be stupid and just you know, go load up a bunch of Amex cards and hope yeah. for the best. It doesn't work like that. You need to get a couple years under your belt where you've done at least 15, 20 deals and you understand the KPIs. You understand all the numbers behind the business and you've lived through them. Yes. You didn't just go to a seminar and get the numbers. You've lived through the numbers. Yeah. You've had some of those, those pay cycles go through and then you can really lever down on your business. I love that. That's such a good tip because we do got those random listeners out there that they have maybe a little chunk of availability on their credit. And 
you know, by all means, if you, if you know the systems, if you've been there, you've done it and, and you really just, you've been bootstrapping it for a while, then maybe I, I would put that bet behind it, but you don't want to get caught up on that, that loop, right? On the loop of uh, making one of those costly mistakes. Yeah. Well, if you screw up and you're in big trouble. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so make sure Which, you're. There, uh, there's always ways around that as well. If of if course, you yeah, any, you know, you can credit sweep it. You know, you yeah, yeah. If, if you guys need any credit guidance, as always, you can always reach out. When there's a will, there's a way. When it comes down to credit, I always say. So let's let's talk about some screw ups with deals by any by any means. Like you guys ever locking in deals that you, you offer too much on, or all it's the time. Just all the time, yeah. I mean, we're nationwide, so sure. not as much anymore, but especially when we first went nationwide, you know, we were like, man, we've got this property. It's your know, rents for $1,100 a month and it's, we're getting it for 40 grand. That's yeah. a great deal, right? You think well, and if you don't Joplin, know the market enough though, it happens. Yeah, in Joplin, Missouri, when you call those investors and tell them, they laugh in your face because yeah, everything's 40 grand getting 1100 there, right? Yeah, they, they know the area, yeah. Yeah, I had a long learning curve of understanding how to do nationwide. That was a big learning curve for me because when we first started nationwide, we were dropping 75% of our deals. Yeah. Now we really only drop deals if there's a buyer, seller, or title company issue, right? But before, we were screwing up and locking up a lot of our deals because we didn't understand the, the markets. Now we've got a pretty good grasp on, you know, the United States and how real estate works in certain regions and things like that. That's good. I, I think that's a great testimony behind this is basically, for example, I have a quick story. You know, I picked up one deal for 5,000 bucks in the past and it's one of my best deals at, at this point. I have, I got paid out after I did the cash out refi doing the burst strategy but how I picked up this deal and got it so damn cheap, it was worth like 40,000 in the, in the worst condition it was, you know, at that time. Uh, I, a wholesaler that was brand new in the area there, they actually live in Arizona. I'm in San Diego. They live in Arizona. My portfolio is over in Ohio for my buy and holds for the most part. Mm-hmm. And they, went after a good deal they thought, but they didn't know the area. That was their first deal. They picked it up and they purchased it instead of, you know, thinking they could wholesale it or whatever, but they didn't get enough traction. They hung on to it for over four months and the holding costs and so forth, they just started getting desperate. So we kept on going back and forth and eventually I got them down to, they took such a big loss on it, but I knew I was one of the few investors in this area that knew truly like what the hell they were doing. So, you know, taking advantage of that opportunity, but just knowing your market is so crucial because you could get caught up in a situation. Luckily you guys are assigning these deals for the most part. So you always have that backup plan, right? Exactly. Yeah. We're not taking possession on yeah. anything we take more shots on wholesale now than i ever did in the past okay. because we've got years of you know learning and mistakes yeah and you know things like that behind us well before you do that i know that you guys have the right due diligence in place now by really reaching out probably to certain people in that market make Correct. sure that you can get those numbers realistically right exactly we're getting you know if we're taking something down we're getting realtors involved yeah we're getting contractors involved it's a, a process just like you would go through similarly in your your own market if you were fixing and flipping a deal 
Love it. So for anybody just getting started out there for wholesaling, any like recommendations you would give or like a, a step-by-step of what, I know it's kind of like a broad question because there's so many different moving pieces to the puzzle, but is there a step-by-step that you would recommend, like three things maybe that has changed your life when it comes down to getting your business really systemized to be producing what it is today? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm a hard head, so you yeah. know, I should have I should have got a really good mentor earlier on. I held off and was like, you know what? I'm gonna learn this stuff on YouTube. I got it. You know, cocky, same like, thing, man. Just you know, and business will punch you in the mouth, right? So you've got to, you know, find somebody that's already done it. Find a really, really good mentor, somebody you respect in the field that yep. you resonate with. And I don't care what they're charging you; just pay them the money and get around people that are already doing the business that will spend time with you go to face-to-face seminars you know one-on-one mentorship for you specifically you stop trying to cut corners and do this business for free you know if you got to get credit cards for that in the beginning do it but you better make you know dang sure that you're going to see this business through and and be successful at it because i will tell you you know another thing for you know young like for beginning wholesalers is like yeah you see a lot of the flash on social media people pushing checks and lambos and all that what you don't see is all of the years of pain and failure that you have to go through especially starting a business so i don't care if that's wholesaling any business you get into is going to be freaking hard yeah right Right? it's like a 99 percent failure rate so if you better know that you're going to be that 1% and see it through, you know, that's my recommendations. Get a mentor. Yeah. Don't underestimate the amount of sacrifice that you're going to have to make and be knowledgeable about your credit. As if you're, I don't care if you're building the real estate business, if you're building the uh, anything, any empire, you're going to need access to liquidity. So, um, so true. If you can focus on those three things. I think that's going to give you a, a strong foundation to, to be successful. I love that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes down to anything good in life that's worth fighting for, it's not going to come easy. You know, if it was, everybody would be doing it, right? So you got to definitely want to uh, find, see, I'm just like you. I I wasn't, I would have invested in myself if I would have even known about it, right? I didn't even know. I, I was that dumb. I just didn't, I didn't know there was mentors out there that could actually teach me this stuff. So I was just YouTubing it. I was reading as many books as I could. And then I was listening to podcasts like this and like bigger pockets. And then I would get their recommendations on books to read. So, and that's great. That that right there, you have to do that. Especially I think, you know, in the beginning you need to, that's all you should be doing. Yeah, I agree. Right. Like from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, like you need to be just plugging into whoever you resonate, you jump on, blitz through every single one of Brandon's podcasts, go back through here, start on podcast one, and you need to go all the way through every single one. And then if you've got somebody else that you find really valuable, go through all of their material until you get through the entire discography of, you know, real estate. And then you might want to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. That's so good. It's, it's so important though. Just like what you mentioned, like get a mentor. Yes. But also it's a mandatory. It's, it's, because a mentor is not going to be that magic pill. 
it's not going to be that magic pill for you. It's not going to be that instant gratification that you're looking for just because you're, you're swiping the credit card or you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, writing out a check to this person. You're going to want to put in all the work, the education, the books, the podcast, whatever, to be able to do as much of the education you can on your own. And then the mentor is there to be able to help put the missing pieces together before you actually screw up or make the same mistakes that they have. So that's what helps with the mentor. And there's obviously a lot of other benefits to it, but it's not. I'm still, I'm still invested in mentors to this day. Yeah. You know, I mean, even you on the credit side, Hey, let's go Brandon. Let's jump on. You know, you've got specialized knowledge in the credit field that I don't have. And so that's, that's extremely valuable to me. Pay for access to information that you don't have to shortcut your learning curve so you can get to where you want to get and live the life of your dreams faster. Pay for right. speed. Are you going to stand it. at Disney line in a three-hour line or are you just going to buy the fast pass? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. I yeah. love it. So, Nick, brother, I appreciate you so much. You're, you're a wealth of knowledge. You're somebody that I definitely look up to when it comes down to all the avenues. Like you're a hustler by all means and, and the grit behind it you're very persistent. You're not going to give up. I love that about you. And uh, you're constantly putting all that you can into all areas of life to make sure that you're succeeding and you're happy and you're flourishing. And that's not just attractive on social media. That's attractive, you know, to everybody. And and it's something that, you know, um, you lead by example. So I, I really do appreciate that. I'm I'm super blessed to have you on here for all the listeners, given an hour of your time nothing but gold nuggets what can the listeners do to be able to give back to you or myself i mean just i'm on uh instagram you follow me at, at nick perry rei so at nick perry rei you follow me on there yeah if you guys need anything you know just let me know so you're happy to help love it Love it, brother. Appreciate you so much. Guys, if you want to get a hold of me, you can always do so at brandonelliotinvestments.com. Otherwise, Instagram, it's brandonelliotinvestments, facebook.com slash brandonelliotinvestor. If you guys have any questions regarding credit, you can always check out creditcounselelite.com or reach out to me, DM me, message me. And um, if you guys need education, if you need help getting your credit fixed, or building up your credit lines, or even leveraging it, reach out, would love to help you, give you some guidance and counsel you through that. As always, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get the newest notification every single Monday and uh, leave a review. Let me know what you guys think about it. As always, reach out to this man, Nick. He is a boss in many different areas, but if you guys are interested in, in learning more about his wholesaling and how he could potentially help guide you, in the right direction to be able to put those missing pieces together then reach out to him make that connection but nick appreciate you so much brother nothing but love thanks man appreciate it all right guys stay blessed till next time this has been another episode of ready set go real estate investing podcast brought to you by brandon elliott for more information please visit brandonelliotinvestments.com also please don't forget to like share and leave a comment below thanks again for joining Until next time, God bless.